everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode with special guest, Lindsay Zurich. I am so looking forward to sharing this conversation with you all. But before we dive in, I wanted to wish you a very happy week ahead. I hope you all had a great weekend. Luke and I had an awesome weekend. The highlight was definitely a beautiful wedding in Santa Barbara on Saturday. If you are one of the many people who DM'd me about the dress I was wearing, I want to let you know that's actually a piece from an upcoming guest. Cleobella is the brand, and Ange, the owner and designer, will be joining me on an upcoming episode to talk all about it, so stay tuned. I know you guys are really going to enjoy. Well, I wanted to share a quick thank you to a new listener who said hello to me over on Instagram. She tagged us in one of her stories as well, Lauren Palmieri. I wanted to give you a shout out and give you a massive thank you. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing on your stories. Lauren mentioned that she and her mom had been catching up. They had recently found the podcast and they were really enjoying it. So thank you again and again for listening. I have the best listeners in the world and I'm so grateful that you all would let me be a part of your day. I want to see what you're up to. Are you on a walk? Are you running errands right now? Take a photo and be sure to tag myself, Lindsay, and how did you do that podcast so we can see what you're up to while you listen. Well, today's guest, Lindsay Zorick, is incredible. I was originally introduced to Lindsay a while back when I worked with the Madison McKinley team on social media. I would see Lindsay tag them, and I thought, who is this adorable woman with the most insane style, and what is the avenue? This was a few years ago, so I am so excited to be sharing her story with you today. I loved how open and honest Lindsay wanted to be during this interview, and I know that you all are going to benefit greatly from her vulnerability. Thank you, Lindsay, for the gift that is you. Enjoy this episode. Here is Lindsay Zorick on How'd She Do That? Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Lindsay Zorick, is the founder of The Avenue, a curated shop containing seasonally inspired collections, all sourced by Lindsay. After working in corporate America for many years, as well as in politics on a presidential campaign, Lindsay quickly decided neither of those paths were her forever role. She had always dreamed of having a boutique and decided to enter the fashion industry through the wonderful world of blogging with her original blog, Elle Avenue. After her third child, Lindsay began curating everything from fashion, home accessories, gifts for hostesses, housewarming, and beyond. Her curated lists quickly caught the eye of her many customers, and she has since opened her beautiful brick-and-mortar shop in Houston, Texas. When Lindsay isn't traveling, hosting a stunning-themed party or game night at her home, or collaborating with other entrepreneurs, she is likely enjoying time with her family, which includes her husband, two daughters, and son. Lindsay, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. I mean, just hearing that intro, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I really on a podcast? This is my first ever, and I'm just so... (sighs) Just so excited to be here with you today. 
Oh, well, I have been so looking forward to this call for many reasons. One, I have been, and I kind of told you this a little bit before we recorded, I love the girl gang that you're in in Texas. And I feel like if I still live there, you have had so many different collaborations with recent guests that we've had on the podcast, Marion Crosby ladies, Madison McKinley team. I mean, it's just so fun to connect with you in this way and share your story today. I'm excited. Likewise, I am too. Yeah, I love, I'm not from Texas, but I always say I got here as quickly as I can. And I'm here for good because of the people. I mean, it's just an amazing, especially Houston. Mm. It's just an awesome community of people. And especially on um, the entrepreneurial side, it's been so fun to connect with so many amazing women, like, like some of the ones you just named. Oh, yes. Well, and you kind of, in my opinion, you are definitely the connector of so many. It's been fun to see all the different collaborations you've done, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm thrilled. So again, thank you so much for joining me today. We are going to have so much fun. And I mentioned this before we started recording, but I love to kind of start at the beginning. You know, we see so much of you on social, your day-to-day, whether it's outfits, entertaining, but I want to get to know you. I want to hear a little bit more about your story. And I love to start at the beginning. You just mentioned you're not originally from Texas. Can you tell us perhaps where you went to school and what you majored in? Yeah. So not from Texas. I was born and raised in Zanesville, Ohio. Want to throw out Zanesville right there because (laughs) I don't think it's really on the map for most, but grew up in a really small town, really rural area and made my way to Columbus, to Ohio State, Um, went to school at Ohio State. And uh, obviously a huge university, but I got really lucky. I applied for this small honors cohort business program in within the business college at Ohio State. And so majored in marketing. That program was amazing. I got to work basically with 30, 30 students all in my you know age range. And so we took classes with you know more grad level classes and just had really awesome experience and exposure um, at a really big school, it made it feel really small. And so that was that was a good um, starting off point for me. At that time, you were, um, did you say marketing major? Yes. So what were you thinking when you were in school? What were you thinking was going to be your role? What, what was the goal at that season of life? <laughs> That's funny. Um, at that season of life, I thought Procter and Gamble was the bomb. I was like, <laughs> this major corporation, they had this awesome marketing program. And I was like, I just need to work for P&G. Like that is the ultimate of all marketing gigs. And so like, <laughs> that was something I definitely aspired to do. I had this amazing marketing professor. And, you know, so he, you know, it's amazing how just like one, one professor, one teacher can really like, mold your overall like dreams at an early age. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he really got me thinking about sales and marketing and the way that the brain works. And so I just think ever since um, his class, his name was Terry Paul. And ever since I had his class, I just started thinking it was marketing all day, every day for me. Um, I just didn't know what it was going to be, but I really did think P&G was like the ultimate. If I could get there, I would be like gold. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Like Crest toothpaste for anybody that doesn't know Procter <laughs> and all of these, you know, household products. If you uh, 
Yes. Oh my goodness. So, so you're thinking, okay, I want a huge role in marketing. This is the goal. This is going to be where I'm at. What did it look like for you? Did did you have internships during school? What was that first role out of college? And perhaps how did you land that job? Yeah. You know, um, the, I didn't have internships for, I I worked for, I was actually a teacher's assistant in the marketing within the business school not a lot of internships. Um, I paid my way through college. And so summer was really about, you know, making as much money as I could. I drove a beverage cart at, I had so many jobs to make (laughs) money in order to put myself through school. And so, you know, I drove a beverage cart. I worked at Foot Locker. I mean, I did all of the things, you know, just basically make enough money to where I could, you know, afford to really, I didn't work during school. And so summers was when I really saved up for, for college. Um, and then what was the other question? I missed the second part of that. Well, I have to pause real quick because we have a footlocker connect. First job. It was okay, Lindsay. I love that. So my <laughs> my first like job after school actually was at Foot Locker Corporate no <laughs> in, in oh New York. God. So I have such a, a special spot for Foot Locker, and now I'm going to tie you that into is- that memory. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, mine was at the Colony Square Mall selling shoes, and that was in <laughs> high school. I don't want people thinking I was doing that in college, but right yeah, in high school. Summers oh. summers were for collecting, you know, saving up so that I could put myself through school. Well, and that's amazing. And I, I don't want to pass over that because, you know, so many of my guests, there's different stories as to how they were able to get through school and get through college. But sure. for you, I mean, gosh, and for those of you who are listening, this might be the situation you're in where you're like, how am I going to do this? And just a yeah. quick pause to recognize Lindsay's story. I mean, good grief. She was working every summer to get ready to pay for that next semester. And I, I just, I want to take a pause because that's one that's so impressive. And I'm sure you can look back on that season of life and be like, wow, like that, I mean, that's amazing to, to think that yeah. that's what you were doing at such a young age. I will say, yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was honestly the best possible gift that my parents could have given me. And it wasn't a gift they gave me. I mean, I was raised, mm. you know, very, I had a very humble upbringing and I was lucky enough. I got a lot of scholarship money in school, but honestly, I think it was like an unseen gift that my parents Mm. gave me, like really putting, it was all on me. And I really think it taught me how to have, you know, just put my head down and, and really just be independent and Mm. be able to like, you know, do it on my own at an early age. Well, so impressive. And again, for those of you who are listening, if that's a situation you're finding yourself in and, and there's times that it's it's challenging, you're thinking, how am I ever going to do this? Well, take note because you're going to learn lessons that other people your age won't have learned yet, and it's going to set you up for success as well. So thank you, Lindsay. I think that's so amazing. So the next thought would be, okay, you're working hard. You, you get to graduation. What was after graduation? How did you land that first role after graduating? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I wanted to, I wanted to work at Vogue. I mean, everyone wants to go to New York or <laughs> go somewhere glamorous and fabulous, but you know, like I said, I, I think I had like truly $20 in my bank account when I graduated and I, and right. a, a slew of student loans. Um, I had a lot of scholarships, but still some loan money. And so I also really wanted to go to DC and work mm-hmm. on the Hill. I had a couple of girlfriends that were doing that. Um, but when I started like putting pen to paper, there was no way I could do that. You know, I wouldn't be able to afford the rent for like the pennies that you make on Capitol Hill. But that was definitely like my dream. Um, But so I started interviewing the the business program 
brought in companies. So I had a really, I had a one up um, for interviews. So we were interviewing with major corporations. And so had an interview that really stuck with me. I just met this really charismatic man who interviewed me um, with the company Cigna Healthcare, which is an insurance company. Super sexy guys. Didn't go (laughs) work for Vogue. I'm like talking to the health insurance guy. But no, I had a really impactful meeting with him. Basically, the company was investing a ton of, you know, a ton of time and energy into this sales and leadership training program. And that was really interesting and exciting to me because I was like, okay, well, oh, and it was a sales role. And so with that, Mm. I knew, you know, that, I mean, I knew that I had the personality that would be a good fit for sales. And also just knowing that, you know, I had the $20 in my bank account. So I would (laughs) put my head down and work really hard. um, I could have financial independence faster than, you know, going and working for free or, you know, like these other more other routes that people kind of take um, first off. So met with him and ended up in the sales and leadership training program. And basically it was a forced relocation to Houston, Texas. And I'd never been before, never been to Houston, except this job. I didn't even like check it out before I came here, except this job for Cigna Healthcare for this training program. And so really I got on a plane with my mom and moved here sight unseen, figured it out and, you know, started working, um, doing sales and did that for about four years right out of school. And honestly, the, the training program was amazing because it wasn't like insurance based. It was more how to sell, like the fundamental arts, art of selling, the science behind selling. Um, and as you know, like in most, in most entrepreneurial gigs, it's sales is a huge part of it in some aspect or another. So that was a great foundation for me. And I really love sales. I feel like it's, I'm, I'm a naturally outgoing personality. Um, I love having like goals that are, you know, numbers driven. And so that was a really good spot for me right out of school. And it brought me to Texas and I love Texas. I love Houston. And so <laughs> I really do believe that like that all happened for a reason. The irony is I ended up back in D- I eventually ended up getting to DC. So, um, <sighs> but I, I started here. Oh my gosh. Well, it's fun because I was, I, I love connecting the dots. When you follow someone on social media, it's like, okay, I know little pieces of your story in life, right? But I would have never known how you got to Houston. <laughs> well, I don't think very many, it's so funny on social media. Like, I don't think my, you know, the people following me, I don't think they know very much about my past. So, right. you know, I don't, I don't like, sh- I'm not an overshare by any means. I'm a little <laughs> private. And so I'm like really opening up to you, but no, it's fun. It's, Oh. It's fun to kind of just sit and think about the path because it definitely wasn't it wasn't traditional at all. Well, yeah, and so many of my listeners, I mean, it's amazing to think about you because well, many of you who are tuning in, okay, so you're you know the season of life Lindsay is in now. But to hear that you are doing things like the health insurance, but wow, wow. in this in the sales and leadership kind of organization, many of my listeners, you guys are in similar seasons of life thinking, okay, I want to do this, but this is the yeah. most tangible thing. H- how can I connect the dots? So, I I'm loving it. I'm loving your story. And and so you were actually there with that company, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, for four years. What did it look like to close the door on that season and, and think that it was time to move to something else? Honestly, I, this is going to, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like dive into politics, but I read a book. I read a biography 
um, on a politician. I don't really want to even name names here. Um, yeah, that makes you know, sense. I, just because it's just not necessary. But anyway, I read a biography. I was so inspired by his journey and he was a prisoner in war and then he wow. became a politician and I was like blown away. And so I basically, I just wanted something different. I knew that like insurance sales was not my destiny and I was really inspired <laughs> and I was able to, you know, I was able to really get ahead financially. I was very successful in sales. Um, yeah. And so I ended up, long story short, ended up finding my way back to DC. All of my best friends live there. Um, and, you know, basically walked into this campaign headquarters and said, Hey, I want to be a part of this. I'm inspired by this, this man and his life. And I want to, I want to be a part of this. I've always wanted to do something in politics wow. and, and I'll work for free. <laughs> and so, it's so funny because I didn't, I didn't work for free, um, you know, out of college, but I ended up saying like, I would love to do this for, and you work, you don't really work for free. You, you get paid like a very small stipend on the campaign trail. So then I went on, out on the campaign trail and that was an amazing experience with, I just met the most wonderful people, but it really taught me that it, it was high pressure situation mm. at all times. So it really taught me how to just dig in and it taught me how to like, you know, be able to be in high pressure scenarios and, and make decisions on the fly. And, and, mm. and it was a really cool experience. Um, and so then I ended up in DC for, for a hot minute only to come back to Houston because that's, I just wanted to be with the people. I love the people here, missed my oh. friends that I made right out of school. And so ended up back in Houston and then shortly after met my husband and Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, now what's happening yeah. in the personal life of Lindsay? So yeah. you're in DC and by the way, are you doing yeah. marketing on the campaign trail? What was really your, I was your, doing, I was doing advanced work. So oh, basically nice. okay. what that is, I was on the advanced team. And so basically what that is, is when you have campaign events, the advanced people go out literally in advance of the <laughs> Senator and his, and his staff and basically set up the events head to toe, um, down to the little nitty gritties of like, okay, you're going to go up three steps and then you're going to go here and here's where the podium is. And and here are your note cards. And oh, wow, um, just like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy what we did, but yeah. So the advanced team was, was really, really cool. And it was so funny not to date myself, but I remember <laughs> we would have to go to Kinko's to print off the map directions, like the Google maps, yes. like cell phones weren't really happening. I mean, we had cell phones, but we didn't have like GPS for whatever reason. <laughs> anyway, it was like, wow, back in the day. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many things. Yes. I'm sure that you look back on, you're like, what on earth? And you just uh, gave me a new term. I didn't know this advanced team, but makes sense. You go yeah. advance, you go ahead That's of them exactly. and figure it all out. Oh, oh, wow. Every little yeah. detail. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I'm sure that served you well because well, well let's dive in. Th this next season of life, and you just mentioned this. You you meet your husband. You're back in Houston at this time. What's going on in your personal life during this time? Because I know kiddos personal come life, at some point. Yeah, they came faster than we thought, faster than we planned. <laughs> we actually got pregnant with our first on our honeymoon. Oh and, my gosh. Um. Yeah. No, we were shocked to say the least. I had this whole two year plan. I actually had just started working. I knew I didn't want to do insurance. Um, and so I got a job working for Texas Children's Hospital doing major gifts development, oh. again, sales, but in a, I didn't want to sling insurance anymore. Now I'm doing, you know, I 
working for Texas Children's, doing major gifts, fundraising for the hospital. And so I just took a job for them. And I was so excited about, you know, this two-year plan of like really getting on my feet with this career. Ended up pregnant on our honeymoon. And so, um, you know, I was still with the hospital. But after I had my first, I don't have family in Houston. And so Mm -hmm. I just, you know, like finding the thought of like leaving my child with someone that wasn't family was just really foreign to me. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up resigning with Texas Children's to stay at home with my first. And I think she, I think I made it two months (laughs) (laughs) when I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to figure out, I needed another outlet and not that staying at home, staying at home. First off, full disclosure, a stay at home mom is the hardest job there is in my opinion. Yeah. The hardest job. I just, for me, I was actually like, I had a little bit of the mommy blues because I just felt like Mm -hmm. I needed something measurable outside of just, you know, changing diapers and, right. you know, the phase is hard. And so that's when I ended up, one of my best friends was visiting and she's like, you should start a blog. And I'm like, what's a blog? Oh. <laughs> I don't even, what, I mean, I kind of knew what a blog was, but you know, I'm like always late to the party. And so she's like, no, there's these awesome bloggers I follow. And she named a few, like, just start following them. And then you should start your own. It would be awesome. And I'm like, well, what would I blog about? And so <laughs> like, I don't know, just blog about whatever you want to blog, like whatever comes to you, like whatever, whatever inspires you. And I was like, okay. And so <laughs> one thing that led to the next and I started a blog and oh. here we are. Oh so, my gosh. No. What year is this? What year is this? Oh gosh. It was uh, 2013. No, 2012. Wow. Yeah. Okay, but not as early as I thought you may say. I mean, that's pretty impressive because late to the party always. No, (laughs) well, late to the party, but but have well succeeded some others who may have started far earlier than you did. Okay, this is so. Oh my! But this is so fun. So so, tell us a little bit about that that early season and and remind me the original name was L Avenue. Is that correct? That is incorrect, actually. Um, Oh no. No, I'm just kidding. No, my very, very first baby itty bitty baby blog was actually called high, wait for it, high heels and handlebars. Okay. I wish I had known that. I I wish I hadn't said this, but yes, I thought it was going to be this mommy blog and maybe I was going to blog about car seats and diapers. I really did think it was going to be like a mom blog because I was a stay at home mom. And so that's what I was doing. And um, so high heels and handlebars existed for maybe two years. And, um, I'll, I'll never forget my first blog post was my mom was at my house and we were making an orange Julius in the blender. I'm for some reason I wanted to do a recipe for like a childhood drink. I like to drink. And I mean, the whole time I'm just kind of like rolling my eyes. Like, what am I doing? If I could find those photos? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So Handlebars existed for a few years. And, um, I, it's hard to share this piece, but so that was two years. Um, decided, oh, it's like, I'm sorry. I just need a minute here. So my mom, um, my mom, ended, my mom passed away, um, oh. about two years in oh. the blog. And so I kind of took a little break for a minute. And, um, I went on this trip with my, again, my best friend, Lauren, when we went to oh. Paris and, oh. Cause I just needed it to go away. Um, I needed a trip. And yeah. so, <laughs> sorry. Um, we went 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. So I went it's to Paris okay. with my best friend and I just needed this soul searching moment. And so at that point we were like, let's do a blog together. Cause I was like, hi, Elsa and Anna bars. Like, I'm not really feeling this anymore. You know, <laughs> I, I want to re I want to rebrand. This is not working. And so we were going to do a blog together and she was going to blog beauty and I was going to blog fashion because I, I did not end up blogging about orange Julius's with high heels and handlebars. It was way more <laughs> fashion. It wasn't mom stuff. I ended up only wanting to do fashion. And I think that's the beauty of like having a blog is it, it allows you to, you know, if you only have two hours in the day, cause you're taking care of your kids, what are you most interested in? You can kind of right. like zone in on what your passions are. And I mean, fashion has been mine forever. And so um, we were, we, that's when we decided Lindsay and Lauren, let's start L Avenue. Well, she uh, ended up getting a, ma- a major promotion and had to bow out. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to continue with this rebranding L Avenue. It is here uh, we go. And so it ended up being L Avenue, but I was the only one behind the Avenue. <laughs> L Avenue. So that's, that's where the blog ended up. Oh my gosh. Well, and so sweet. And and thank you so much for sharing too, just that timeline of, of really crisis and thinking, okay, I've, I've got to get away and, and to be able to go and to travel with a friend. I'm sure that was uh, a healing moment, but also to, to be re-inspired, to evaluate, to say, okay, where is this going and and what do I want to do with it? And good grief, if your mom could see now, oh my gosh. I mean, I I really have chills just thinking about it, but but for you to come back and to really hone in and to recognize, okay, I want to talk more about fashion. I want to continue doing this. I love too that even as you wanted to continue on, even with a business partner or with a partner in the blog stepping out, it's like, you know what? I want to continue doing this and I'm going to. So you continue on. It's really fo- yeah. focused on fashion. What is sure. the stage of of kiddos and and perhaps <laughs> to tell me like when did you what, was there a moment with L Avenue that you thought okay I'm I'm onto something and and people are like actually reading this? You're gonna die. No, <laughs> there was not a moment. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. So where I was with kids is when I went on that Paris trip. My second was only, my mom passed away when my second was six weeks old. And so I went to Paris a few months later. So she was, I mean, I've never left my kids that early, but I really needed this trip. My husband encouraged it. Um, So sweet. It was, it was such a, in so many ways that trip was, you know, just kind of turned the course for things for me. It was, it was great. And so. Yeah. So I had two children at the time and doing L Avenue. I have to be honest, like my kids were always my first focus. Um, the the blog was always kind of when they were napping or, you know, I, I ended up having like a nanny come a couple hours, a couple times a week. And so like when the nanny would come, I would just put my head down and I would blog posts and, um, but no, I did not feel like I was onto something. (laughs) I felt like I was late to the party. I'm like, there's a million (laughs) bloggers that are all you know, killing it. And here I am, I'm like spinning my wheels, but I loved what Mm. I, I I loved what I was doing. I I think Mm. for anybody out there that if you're doing something and you feel like, Oh, you're not in the top tier or whatever it is, the fact that the hours felt like minutes Mm. that was worth it for me at that Mm. point. Um, I knew if you're doing something that you love to do and the hours feel like minutes, like you're onto something, it's going to, it's going to turn into something and maybe not what you think it will turn into, but 
you know, just keep on keeping on. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I continued blogging um, with L Avenue and um, yeah, but I did not think I was onto something. <laughs> <At the time. laughs> Well, I love it because often when I ask that question, you know, some many guests will think, oh yeah, this moment or that moment. But I love that that you're thinking, no, I knew I was on to some you're measuring it differently than than I've heard. And I love this. And I'm really connecting with you on it. And I know those of you who are listening are as well, is you aren't measuring it on oh, oh, the hits here or the hits there, or someone told me they read it. It's like, no, I loved it. I felt totally late to the party. Um, and I I feel that way. I feel that way with podcasting. I feel like, oh my gosh, Emily, why didn't I start this years ago? I thought about doing it years ago and I didn't do it then. And I could be so far ahead. I could have, you know, 250 episodes out, but yeah. I am totally resonating with what you're saying about, but I love it. I mean, I could have an hour conversation with a guest and I look up and I'm like, oh, oh no, I need to wrap this up. And so I love how you're measuring it. And for those of you who are listening and you're really relating to what we're saying of like, I'm kind of late. I feel late to the party. (laughs) If you love it, (laughs) like Lindsay and I do, people will eventually recognize. They will. And and I, I think that's kind of the hump that a lot of people don't ever get past. It's like, like you just said, keep going, right? Just keep going, keep going, keep going. So tell me a little bit about the season that maybe you looked up and and you had kept going and you kept going and you kept going. (laughs) Was there a moment that, that things did kind of flip there? There was a switch that flipped or, or maybe there was someone who was reading or someone who had purchased something. I mean, what was it that you were, there was a shift that it was like, Oh, this is going to get bigger. We're going to grow here. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I feel like I was a C team blogger. Like, I don't think I was a great (laughs) blogger. Um, And I never had this moment of like, this is going to be something. I think the biggest shift was when I recognized that, okay, I know I love fashion. I know I love selling things. I have this platform and it's not a massively big platform, but it's a micro platform that's very engaged and they've been Mm. buying things from me for, you know, seven years on the internet, they've been buying things for me. And so, and I love selling and I love fashion. And so I think it was the turning point was when I was like, what can I do differently? That's maybe, you know, there's 1 million blogging is, was so saturated. I'm like, is there something I can do differently with my skill sets and with this platform? And so I think Mm. that was really the turning point is when I was like, let's do something different. Okay. So what (laughs) was it? What was it that you decided on? You're looking around, you're kind of looking and not in a bad way, but you're looking left and right. You're assessing the field. You're thinking, okay, what what can, literally left and right. What was it that you were like, okay, this is going to be niche. And I want to comment too, you're following to this day. You just use a fabulous word micro that, that micro group of people that really trusted you. And of course it's grown. I recognize that in your following. I mean, you have a very, um, connected group of women that love your style, love what you're doing. I'm one of them. Um, and it's just really cool to think about how that has grown. Cause again, you just mentioned that was seven years too. This isn't, this isn't overnight. This is a long time coming. Um, but anyways, yeah, tell us a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it so, is. But but tell us, yeah. I woke up on New Year's Day. So what year would that have been? I launched in nineteen. I never get. It's so funny. I'm terrible with birthdays and how old people are. I don't know. <laughs> like, 
grandparents are. Anyway, whatever <laughs> year that was, um, <laughs> I woke up on New Year's Day, obviously slightly hungover. Um, you know, we had cocktails on New Year's Eve. I woke up in Santa Barbara with my husband on New Year's Day, and I read. I was on. I was copied on an email um, of this new girl that was moving to Houston, and she. I just clicked on her bio, and she was basically. She's a yeah. consultant. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I kind of toyed around backing up from that. I thought like maybe I would try to sell, maybe I would do this e-com thing because I had this audience. I yeah. had this blog. Maybe I could sell on my blog and try just doing things. You know, there were a few people doing that at the time, not very many um, actually, but I was like, maybe I could sell through my blog in another way that wow. was more than my like tiny little affiliate income and like that was yes. more business focused. And so clicked on her bio and we were supposed to go to a girl's dinner. And I was, I I just felt compelled to take her to coffee. I was like, I don't, I know this sounds weird. We've never met, but I'm, I'm going to pick your brain the whole entire girl's dinner. We need to have coffee before (laughs) we had coffee before told her my idea about launching e-com. She was, I mean, maybe she was full of BS and just wanted to be a client. No, she's actually one of my great friends now. She was so complimentary of me. And she like believed in me when I was like, I want to do this thing. She's like, Oh, you can totally do this. I can help you do this. We've got this. Like she's had this like New York, like, yeah, she was like, when do you want to launch this thing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm still like doing the mom thing too. And I don't really want to do it full time. So maybe like in a, maybe like this next spring sounds good. And she's like, next spring as in a year from now. No, she goes, no, let's launch. Let's do a summer capsule. It'll just be a teaser. We'll have a summer capsule collection. We can get some brands. We'll go to market. Let's launch in May. And this was January. So that (laughs) go out of sight, figure out what you're selling and launch something by May 1st. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and we did. Oh my gosh. So four months, you have this coffee and you're like, okay, let's try it. What did that first capsule look like? What, what, how many pieces did you, did you keep it small? I mean, what did it yeah. even look like to get that going? It's so crazy because, you know, I told people the, my idea and they're like, oh, well, you needed to go to market like a year ago. You know, you have to buy in advance. You needed to be at market six months ago. What markets are you going to? You know, are you going to go to New York? Are you going to go to Atlanta? I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I don't have time to go to market. And so I literally started sourcing beautiful brands. Like what the the first impetus for the business was I wanted to do tabletop. I'd been doing fashion, wow. kind of burn out on clothes and trying clothes on for a living. And so I was like, I, but I love to entertain and I love to have people over. I love a big house full of people. I love dinner parties. Um, and so I was like, I want to do tabletop. And so, um, we basically, I didn't go to market. I just started sourcing via Instagram, which is a beautiful thing. Like I started sourcing brands from all over the world. I wanted it to be unique products. You cannot get easily on the internet. I want it to be unique brands from all over the world, you know, cool artisans, cool brand stories. And so, you know, just started sourcing my face off literally uh, (laughs) products. And it's so funny. My husband was like, well, you know, you need to prove this concept first, like before you you get it over your head. He's like, maybe let's just, maybe you start with like 10 products, like find 10 things you're really excited about sell those, and see what happens. And I was like, 
I don't really do anything. I'm very fast in life. Like I'm a, I'm a sprinter. I don't do anything slow. And I also don't do anything small. Like I love big parties and big events. And um, I love so it. Basically it was like 10 products. Good luck. No, we ended up launching with, I, I think we probably had over 500 products. Um, oh within- my gosh. Yeah. So, and we, and basically my consultant's advice to me was, she's like, you've been selling clothes forever. I really think you need to at least launch with some accessories or something people are used to buying from you. And that was great advice. Um, and so at the, we weren't selling clothes in the beginning. We were doing accessories, gifts, and tabletop. And oh. we launched in May. Of, I think it was 19. Yeah. May, May okay. of 19. Oh my gosh. Well, there, I have so many questions running through my head, but first I want to <laughs> pause and say that you guys, um, those of you who are listening, you may be familiar with Lindsay's style. You may have seen the parties she's talking about. You may see the accessories, the tablescapes, et cetera, that she's talking about. Um, I have to brag on you because truly there, there's only a handful, maybe two or three, but basically anything Lindsay styles, put to, puts together, puts on the avenue, it's like it's like it's my it's a style I want to have if I if I could have if I could think of the kind of style I want to have it, that's what you do. <laughs> oh so to, it's true. So I, I want to know. No, it, it's so true, and I want to know where do you think because because I could guess or you know followers and and people who know you could guess where do you think your eye for design and and style and really beauty comes from? You know, it's really interesting. Um, it certainly didn't come from world travel <laughs> right. and museum visits. You know, I had a really, really modest upbringing, really small town, rural America, but I've always been a dreamer. I've always been, I've had a big imagination my whole entire mm-hmm. life. Like, so really it started with, you know, I lived with my mom and my grandmother and grandfather. My parents were divorced. Um, my mm-hmm. dad's still a huge, was still a huge part of my life, but lived with mm-hmm. my mom, grandma, and grandpa. And so my grandmother was a huge part of my life. And we would look, I mean, I would carry the JCPenney catalog. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not Vogue magazine, but I was really interested. I would carry that catalog around. I would cut pictures out. I was like a visual person. I would make these collages of like dream homes and interiors and dream tabletop and dream, like my dream clothing. But it was all like really, truly daydreaming. You know, we didn't go on big family vacations, you know, aside to like an amusement park in Ohio. And so it was a lot of dreaming. Oh. But my grandmother was an avid shopper. And so <laughs> she, we would go through the ads that would come in the mail and order things for the house. And she was like really big into, she was a huge, she loved to cook for our, we have a huge family, huge extended family, like 30 cousins, big, oh. big family. So she loved to cook for the family. And so she would buy different plates and placemats and, and all of the things via these mm. ads. We would do it together. Um, and it was just so funny. Like we, like the UPS man, she called him the ups man. And every day he'd come and he'd honk the horn. We were all BFF with the ups man. And then fast forward, I end up in this selling, you know, e-com and out of my house and Ron, our UPS man for the first year of the business will come to my house every day and was my BFF. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, it all happened over again, just in a totally different way. Um, but no, so my grandmother was a huge source of you know inspiration, and my mom actually had impeccable style. I just didn't mm. get it as a as a child. Mm-hmm. I actually like 
I kind of resented her a little bit for it. You know, girls are hard <laughs> on moms. And yes. my mom was hot. Like she wore, she was wearing like ripped skinny jeans when oh. ripped skinny jeans weren't even happening. And, you know, all the other moms were in their cardigans. And I remember I'd be like, will you just wear a cardigan? Please just wear a cardigan. But now I look back at those pictures of her and I mean, she was a hottie and she mm. rocked she rocked skinny jeans, pumps, and white button downs. And to this day, when I'm, I find myself, when I'm buying for our site, I have my staff like, no more white, but too many white tops, <laughs> too many white tops. And I really do think it's because my mom rocked that look so well mm. when I was a kid. You know, she had a really, she had a good eye and she didn't even know she had a good eye. Oh, that's so cool. It's so fun to think about that. And, and those of you who are listening, we're going to give you a chance to connect with Lindsay, but be on the lookout for those white tops. And remember, remember this moment, you guys. But I, I love what you just shared, because I think it's so cool to think about you. And, and again, on social media, you know, you can follow someone, you don't know their backstory, you don't know where they've come from and, and whatnot. And I think a lot of um, my guests and, and a lot of my listeners, you know, they, they, there could be an assumption of, of well, wow, impeccable style. That's really something that comes from, you know, seeing it or, or I love too your example of, Hey, no, my, my eye for design style and beauty, it doesn't come from world travels. And while that's a fun answer, you know, if you have that answer, that's great. I, I am like over here with chills thinking about your answer and your response though, because it, it was really imagination. It was being a dreamer. It was imagining what what could life be like? What could this look like? What what could be paired with that? I mean, that's one of the coolest. I'm I'm so serious, Lindsay. That's one of the coolest answers I've had is your oh, creativity wow. for seeing and putting together all this all of this. It, it, you know, it wasn't something you grew up with. You, you know, you weren't watching amazing, elaborate parties in your backyard under a tent when you were a child being put together, you know, and I just think that's the coolest thing. I just think that's such a cool answer. And and two, to think about the inspiration from your mom. I love the ups man coming. I hope you still call them that. <laughs> we do. I was just with my grandmother a month ago and, oh. you know, I like to order things in advance of the trip. So the ups man shows up when we're there. <laughs> And she's like, oh, oh, Ricky, he's nice. You've got the best ups man right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, I, I want to, I know we, we have a few years to cover here, but, but you, you are launching, you're starting this and, and it's so fun to hear. And then you continue on. I mean, at this point, I'm sure there, there's got to have been a moment that perhaps you're year two, year three into e-commerce, e-commerce, you're looking at, okay, what, what could have brick and mortar building look like. But but I want to know during this chunk of time um, with the Avenue and, and maybe even share when the Avenue came about, what was a real sure. wow moment in this season, in this chunk of time? Yeah, no. Um, I would say the real wow moment. Um, so we launched in May of 19, right? And mm-hmm. so yep. that was your I have never hustled so hard in my life. I mean, we were we were doing pop-ups out of my house. My sweet husband is oh. so patient. We literally come home from work and we're just selling things. And my house, I basically turned my home into a boutique. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for my friends and my family in Houston in general, like mm. the amazing support. Houston women support local in such an, a really magical way. Like they were mm. so supportive. They were at my house. 
Like I could have been selling ice to an Eskimo and they were, they were here <laughs> for it because they wanted to support me. And so I'm just really grateful for that time. But we were hustling, hustling so hard. We were doing pop-ups. We started doing pop-ups and, um, you know, we we're going to cities and doing pop-ups in person to really just kind of, you know, like I said, I had this micro following, but yeah. you know, it's, it wasn't, I didn't launch with a million followers just at my service. I, I think I had 46,000 or something like that. And so yeah. um, we were really hustling, doing as much in person as we can to kind of like um, spread the word of the e-commerce platform and to get people buying online. And so, um, but the first, we, the first like wow moment I would have to say happened during the pandemic, you know, uh. when I launched the business, my whole like thought process on the business was I wanted to sell this tabletop. I wanted to sell tabletop. I wanted to sell the whole table all in one place on the internet. Cause I would get so frustrated how I would go to a site and see this beautiful tablecloth, but then there was like something vintage, like you couldn't buy it all in one spot. Right. You could just get the tablecloth. And so I'm like, but wait, I want to achieve that look. Where do I find the rest of the things? And it was like a mystery. And so then you're Googling and da, 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 da. And, and <laughs> when you're talking for clothes, on Shopbop or whatever, you can put the whole outfit in your cart. It's so easy. And so I wanted to do that when I launched the site, but I'll be honest with you, selling napkins was not something that <laughs> was easy at first right. and, and tabletop. And so we kind of pivoted a little bit. We, we got this one size fits most caftan top when we first launched because I just wanted to dabble in clothes, but I was like terrified of like size runs and returns we blew through it. And so I was like, Oh oh my gosh, maybe we need to pivot and start selling apparel. And so we actually, we did, we like, um, started selling apparel and that was like a great, um, hedge for us in our business. But the aha moment happened a little bit later on. So that was 19. So during the pandemic, you know, like I said, I remember like, I remember coming across a napkin in in our warehouse and it had like a little sticker on it with like a, like a price cut on it from like a (laughs) pop-up where we were selling a napkin on sale or something. Cause it was hard. Like I right. we didn't have a big enough audience to sell the volume that like I wanted to sell of these linens and tabletop. Mm. And so then pandemic hits and we're all quarantining. And that was such a stressful time mm. for everybody. And my, the way that I handle my stress is I like to cook and oh. I like the table at the end of the day, you know, we were homeschooling and that was, that was not fun. The homeschooling and figuring out zoom and all the things. So there was so much stress. There was so much uncertainty. And so the only thing I could control during that time was like setting the table every day, cooking Mm -hmm. the meal and, um, literally making meals memory. I started this hashtag. I started posting my meals every night, um, (laughs) with the tabletop that I was selling on the site. And then I put this hashtag make meals memories and um, started seeing people do the same. It was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, like someone just posted and did Make Meals Memories. And we started, the wow moment for me is like when I launched the business, my dream was that someone would buy the whole table. They would be inspired by like what I put together and like want everything on the table. And so to tell that complete idea. And so people started doing that. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like this little idea that I had in my head is now coming full circle and people are actually doing what I thought they might do. And it's, um, that was like a real wow moment. And to be, you know, also a little bit of luck to be in the tabletop business when people were forced to eat at home and then they're looking and realizing they, 
only have like the boring silverware that they registered for and wanted it more fun. And I also just think there's been like a whole paradigm, paradigm shift since the pandemic. I mean, now people are going back to restaurants, but I really think I've always loved entertaining and just dining at home and eating at home with my family. And I I think Mm. that the trend is, is still, I think that trend will, will last quite beyond where we are right now Mm. with, you know, at home Mm -hmm. entertaining. And so it was really cool to be in that spot during that time. Oh my gosh. Well, and I remember those meals. It's fun. I'm sure those of you who are listening, you remember those. And and again, I'm going to give you guys a chance to connect with Lindsay and see all of the insanely beautiful tablescapes that we're talking about. But it's so fun to think, okay, because I'm doing the math over here and, and you're saying, yeah, we launched in May 19. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Last year was 2020. This year is 2021. So the the yeah. chunk of time we're talking about, while, while there was a huge chunk beforehand, there's been a lot of growth in, in this last year. And it's so fun to think about the different elements that came into play for that to happen and for there to be such success there. So I think that's amazing to think about. Now, I can't let you go without asking you this question, and it is a loaded one. So I'll give you a little warning. (laughs) (laughs) But I know listeners will love to know, perhaps you could share with us, what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh, wow. Loaded indeed. I mean, I think back before I launched the before I launched the site, I think back to like a conversation I had with a couple of family members when I told them my idea about the concept. And, you know, I'm like, I want to sell things online. And and one family member in particular who, and I won't name names, but he knows <laughs> who he is. He's one of the smartest businessmen and very, very successful at, mm. in business. And so obviously his opinion mattered. And he was like, inventory, you, what are you going to do if you don't sell it? You can't hold inventory. Like he basically like, and he's like a very direct man and he <laughs> loves me so much, but he basically was like, this is a terrible idea. Um, so, so going, having that in my mind, when I launched the business, I kind of was like, okay, I need to hedge, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking like, what if this doesn't work? Like right. I, need, I need a hedge. And so my hedge was rentals. Um, I was like, okay, so late oh. doesn't sell, let's rent it. And obviously we make up for the money that we've invested in it. And then some, because it becomes an annuity and we rent it out and yada, yada, yada. And I think the lesson I learned there was that every business idea that you get is not going to be the most um, lucrative or the best Mm -hmm. for your team. So basically I decided to dabble in rentals. And what I found was it was like pulling from my team and it was pulling them away from like our core competencies Mm. in e-commerce And it was, you know, it was a runaround and it was like, you know, not very efficient and not very, honestly, not a good, um, not a good revenue stream for us. And so Mm. learning when to kind of cut, kind of cut something out that, you know, you have this idea and it was my idea from the beginning when he said that inventory scare from the beginning, I'm like, oh, I'm going to solve that. Um, I'm going to do rentals. That's how I'm going to get around the inventory issue. And so um, learning when like, it's too much to pull from your team for not enough benefit. So I think that was a huge lesson. And then the other, I kind of two lessons from this one conversation Mm. there, the other, this other family member was like, Oh, you're going to sell things online. Well, you're so good at parties. Why don't you just be a party planner instead? And I was like, 
I don't want to plan parties for a living. And <laughs> then I definitely received a lot of like, why are you doing that? You know, just kind of a lot, not, not negative, but just like, what you're going to do what? And so right. I think just really trusting your gut, like, no, do not take that person's like, oh, you should do this instead. No, I'm going to do this because that's in my gut. And I believe that I'm on this path mm. and this is what my path is destined for and my career is destined for. So just really being true to yourself and, and following your gut and sticking that out. And so, um, and not getting off course because a couple of people shake you. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. And such good advice for, for those of you who are listening, because, because there's so many different ideas that might come into play, stick with your gut. And, and yeah, if you were a party planner, we wouldn't be able to see all of the amazing tablescapes <laughs> and, and things that you prepare for us. So I love to think that you were like, you know what? No, this is, this is the right direction for me. Well, I'd love to know too, what are you learning now? Oh my gosh. I'm learning so much. I'm drinking from a fire hose. I mean, I'm learning every day. Like that's the thing I love the most about this business and being an entrepreneur is, is the learning involved. I mean, it is a huge learning curve. I had no experience when I launched this business. I have a team, I have 15 people on my team and they're so, my team is so amazing, but I have to be honest and they're the hardest working people and they're so talented and they have so much grit and there's like no divas, like our culture. I'm so proud of like our team. And, um, but I have to say, we don't have a lot of experience collectively. I didn't, wow, yeah. I've not, I haven't made any like major hires where I like, you know, you know, recruited someone that has done e-com. So we're pretty green. So we're, we're learning nonstop learning, but I think just in general in life, what I've had to learn um, now that I'm working for myself in this entrepreneurial um, business is how to get off the hamster wheel. Um, Mm. I had a ton, I went through a really, there's some dark days um, where I had a lot of anxiety because I was just like running myself ragged. And when you're work for yourself and you're in your own business, it's you, you can easily not shut it off ever. I mean, I, my sleep wasn't, I wasn't sleeping well. I was super anxious it was, it was dark. And so Mm -hmm. I figured out how to get off the hamster wheel. And what that meant for me was being able to chunk out time so that my, my work and my family and my life wasn't just like, everything was always like interconnected. And so, um, one thing I've done that's been monumental is every single morning I get up and I do at least 15 minutes of exercise and I've Mm -hmm. never been a consistent exercise person, but it's the only thing I can do to set my day, um, set my intentions for my day and to kind Mm. of just like have a clear head so that my team, I can be there for my team, you know, at 8am when we start work or whatever. And so I I just think learning how to block out that time and make time for yourself, time for your family, time for your work. And everybody, this is a cliche answer, but um, (laughs) everyone is trying to do that, but really actually putting that into action and, and setting some boundaries has been huge for me. Well, huge for anyone. And and again, for those who are listening, just keep taking notes. I'm like taking notes over here, like a mad woman oh with everything that Lindsay's sharing. It's true. It's so true. And and I love to thinking of all that you've done. And, and again, I keep teasing this. I'm going to give you guys a chance to check out Lindsay. I, you probably have already looked her up. Um, but I know there's always something coming. And, and we just briefly even mentioned you have a, a shop, you have a brick and mortar, you have a place people can come yeah. and visit you. You've got pop-ups. Uh, there's always something something fun. So I'd love to know what's next for you. 
I mean, what's next? I mean, <laughs> I feel like I really want to, my primary focus is the e-commerce business and building that out. And we just launched a bridal registry and oh, I really wow. a lot of um, time and energy and focus there. Really e-commerce. But ah, the problem with me is when I get something, when I get an idea in my head, like just watch out, it's going to happen. And so I just keep <laughs> going around with, oh my gosh, my team's going to kill me. I keep toying around with more locations for the avenue. And oh. some of these things that maybe don't have the world-class shopping that they deserve. And so- mm. um, Yes, I know I have these crazy ideas, but so maybe something like that. And then it's always been a dream of mine to to make the product. And I think that's like a natural progression for for mm. us too, to actually, you know, have a collection that it, that is our own. And so, I mean, that's definitely bucket list for me. So we'll see. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I knew there was always, I knew it was going to be a fun answer because I know we always can be on the lookout, but I didn't know it was going to be that fun. So we'll stay oh. tuned because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of ears listening right now that's like, okay, we're, we're going to remember this. We're excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I love it. Yes. Well, Lindsay, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like we've covered so much. Like I, people must be bored by now. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's bored. I'm actually ready to, I, I'm ready to go for another hour. I have been loving this, loving this so much. And again, I, I mentioned this earlier. It's been so fun to connect with you and, and connect with so many like-minded women that, that we know and kind of overlap. Um, and I love to ask this question because, and I, I've seen a, a theme in your life and career that friendship networking that's been really important to you. So yeah. I'd love to know, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their how did she do that story? I, a few people, so many people, honestly. <laughs> um, but I, the first person that comes to mind is Morgan Hutchison um, with, with Shop Buru. Uh -huh. Morgan has been a mentor of mine since I launched. She, it's, she is, she makes me look really, really, really lazy. She is a go <laughs> She has launched her own. She has a, she has an e-commerce site that started kind of where you know she was doing wholesale, and now she's actually um, producing and making, and wow. she's collaborating with these amazing people. And she has a really cool, unique background. She's from Murray, Kentucky, and so us small town oh. girls um, we get together. But no, she's been a huge mentor of mine. So she would be my first person, and then the second person is one of my best friends, um, Kathleen Jennings who mm -hmm. is a beauty blogger and um, she has a really cool, interesting background and story that I think a lot of people don't know about and would mm -hmm. love to, I mean, and she's also just one of the more, she's hilarious. You just want to <laughs> just, you know, be around her at all times. She's, she's a hoot. So I think both of those would be great. Oh, fantastic. Awesome recommendations. And you all will have to stay tuned for potential episodes with Morgan and Kathleen. Oh my goodness. Well, I have been teasing this and I'm sure many of you who are listening, you already follow Lindsay or perhaps you found her while we were chatting, but Lindsay, where can listeners connect with you? So on Instagram, um, at shop, the Avenue is the business Instagram. And then my personal Instagram, which is a little more raw and unfiltered is at Lindsay Zorich, and that's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-Z-O-R-I-C-H, at Lindsay Zorich. And then online, we are www.onlyontheavenue.com. Oh, 
Love it. Well, you guys highly recommend following Go shop, find your new favorite tablescape, your new favorite clothes. You guys are going to be as obsessed as I am. And Lindsay, I cannot thank you enough. This was such an encouraging conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.